0: Hey, I'm Allison. And I'm Courtney. And we're just two friends who are going
1: through the whole bariatric surgery thing together. Join us on our journeys as we walk you through the pre-op diets, eventually our surgeries. And then, you know, whatever comes next.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on the No Guts, No Glory podcast. Today, Courtney and I are so excited to talk to Katrina, somebody we um, reached out to on Instagram and who has graciously decided to fill us with all sorts of knowledge and answer all of our crazy questions about what we should be expecting in the next couple months um, and just hearing about her journey. I think that she is so... Um, transparent and beautiful and like so wonderful online just being so open about everything that's happened for her journey through all of this and I'm just so excited that she's here and I'm sure Courtney shares that feeling with uh with me as well um yes so Katrina hi thank you so much again for being here
2: oh thank you and thank you so much for all those kind words um the bariatric community on Instagram is just a wonderful and caring place and it's it's really helped me through my journey because it gets kind of lonely at some points um and i've made some wonderful friends and um i've also found the more you share the less you feel alone in this too so i share everything um (laughs) and you find like the randomest things you might have a problem with someone else is probably going through the same things especially with the bariatric because we. very few people have what we go through. And as soon as you have the surgery, things are going to change immediately. And it's hard to relate to other people. And that's why the community is so important and why I give so much back to it too.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I
1: love all of that so much. Um, so I think Thank you. you've been very inspiring, <laughs> just like even through the holiday season, like I'm, I'm two weeks away from surgery on Monday and I've been just like, Looking at your stories and your posts and you just have a really good outlook about a lot of things. Um, and I'm sure it's been a process to get there. So we're really excited to talk about with you today. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's I'm almost on um so January fourth, uh, two thousand and twenty is when I started my journey of like the pre op diet. Um I did Of so I'm almost at that point where it's almost my two year anniversary it's like going back in time right now and realizing how far I've come because it goes by, you think it goes by really slow, but it goes by so fast and you're like, (laughs) oh, like if you blink, it's like, oh, I missed that milestone. I missed that. So this is going to be a nice, you know, walk in the
1: past. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we should just dig in. So um, what brought you to the point where you decided that that was what you wanted to do and How did you like just make that jump into making the appointment? And I would just like start sort of from the beginning, I guess.
2: You sort of have like a rock bottom moment when you're like, all right, I've tried all the things. I've done the diet. I've done the workouts. I know how to count calories. It didn't work for me. And then you go back into cycles. I was a binge eater, I'm still a binge eater, binge eater, emotional eater of cycles. And I realized like a lot of my eating cycles and how I was treating myself were similar to domestic violence relationships I had been in, in those cycles. And I realized that I was in an abusive relationship with myself and I needed to get free of my eating. And bariatric surgery was a way to sort of that escape route for me that I knew I just needed medical help to push through also the mental barriers I had with my weight loss. Um so it was my 34th birthday. I was on a I was a pastry ship on cruise ships and I was in I think Oregon on the Columbia River and I'm like I don't want to be in my body anymore. I never when I envisioned getting married and envisioned being a mother I didn't see, ever see myself in the body I was in, so I needed to, change. and I was also had health problems that I, they weren't diagnosed yet, but I knew I was going to become a fifth generation diabetic. I had heart problems. Like my heart was getting weak. I didn't have energy. Like it, it was bad. And I knew I was only going to get worse the more I kept going the way I was going. Like when I would watch shows like 600-pound life, I would see the people. I'm like, all right, I could easily become one of those people. Like, it wasn't going to be that hard to be,
1: you know, It's so immobile. true. I feel like you get to those milestones, right? And and you have a number in your head and like you're like, okay, well, at 190 pounds, okay, well, at 200 pounds, well, at 210 pounds, like, that's my stop point. And then all of a sudden you watch those shows and you're like, oh, that is not as far away as I think it is.
2: Um, Yeah. And it's, it's easy too. I mean, you can get, you know, say you break a leg, say something happens, say, you know, like COVID happened mm -hmm. and you're stuck in bed for two months. It's very easy to put on the weight. So I looked, I, I had friends that had done bariatric surgery and I knew it like, to me it was like the last resort, you know, it was like, I wasn't that big for that. I wasn't a sick person. I actually didn't know my weight because I was scared of the scale for years. Um, I knew I had the comorbidities, but I knew I had the health problems that were going to be there. But my BMI was only 37. Mm-hmm. And because I worked on cruise ships, I would be away at sea for six weeks at a time. So going the traditional route with in the U.S. for insurance, I probably wasn't going to get approved and wouldn't be on um, late enough to be able to make all the appointments. So I chose Mexico um, because I could choose my date, I could choose my surgery, and it worked with my life. And I was also working in Mexico. I was about to work in Mexico. Um, I left January 5th to go to Mexico to work for five weeks. And then my surgery was, I left the boat February 8th, and my surgery was February 10th. So it all worked out. And then I had a five-week break period to recover from my surgery. And then I went back to work out my surgery. So it worked perfectly with my life. I've seen other women in the bariatric community who their surgeries can get canceled or not approved at the last minute by one person. They've done all the things and they know it's what they need. They know they're ready. And it's just heartbreaking to see that for people when Mexico is an option. And luckily, like I had the savings, I had the money and I was able to do it. And also Trusted in mexico because the moment you say mexico everyone's like well you're aren't you scared you know um and it, it was scary i mean any surgery is gonna be scary especially in a different country with a language barrier um but i had already worked in mexico for about five weeks and realized how kind and wonderful a lot of the people i met were and i didn't feel that scared and um I'm so thankful that Mexico is an option for people and really nothing to be scared of. Um, Just do your research in what clinic you go to. I chose Renew Bariatrics because they didn't pressure me into deciding because it's a major, huge, huge, huge decision. Like you're permanently removing 80 to 90% of your stomach for the rest of your life.
1: You don't want to feel like somebody's selling you a car.
2: <laughs> yeah, and some of the other clinics I looked at, they're like we we they were like ready to book you in without even speaking to a person. Oh gosh! And it's like I need to talk to someone, like <laughs> yeah. I to like ask a bunch of questions and just make sure like what I'm doing is the right thing. And I spoke to a coordinator, Marie, wonderful lady and she gave me time to decide i'm like look i need like one to two weeks to even put down my deposit uh, because i had originally wanted the gastric band because mm-hmm. i'm like it's not permanent it's it's easy
1: yeah
2: and they don't they will not do that in mexico because there's so many complications with it and when she's like oh you should get the sleeve i'm like that's so permanent like i don't think i'm that <laughs> big for the sleeve like yeah. it was a big decision and the more research I did I'm like I, I think this will work for me because I like the discipline of it and the rules of it if you follow all the rules that there are for your stomach and the stomach will tell you really quickly <laughs> what the, what the rules are and when you've had too much to drink I mean she give you a few warnings like she'll, you'll burp a couple times pick up your nose might start running and you you relearn that but there's rules to it and I That's like that so
0: interesting yeah.
2: <laughs> and then you there's no take backs either. You know, that's the blessing and the curse of the sleeve is yeah. that in bariatric surgery in general is that this is a decision and you it's for life. You can't go back.
1: How did they how did they handle post op in Mexico? So I know one of my friends um their mother got she also went to Mexico for the surgery because she wouldn't be approved in the US. Um, by like two pounds, I think. And it, um, so she went to Mexico and I know she had said that one of the things she had a little bit of trouble with was post-op in, in New York. People were, um, she just had trouble finding somebody that would support her. How did that work for you?
2: I had got right, my mother's a nurse and he was very awesome. much against going to Mexico. <laughs> Very much against me having the surgery. I mean, they were wheeling me to the OR, and she's like, are you sure you still want to do this? So she was like, you must have a primary care doctor. You must have aftercare. Like, there were sur- – I'm 35 years old, 36, and she has all these – you know, I still have to do what your mother says. The but rules, she- yes. <laughs> so she gets some say in it. Um. So I got a primary care doctor, and I told her what I, I was going to go to Mexico. I was going to have the surgery. And she was supportive in that, and that she was going to see me. I saw her two weeks after the surgery. You also get three days in the hospital after your sleeve surgery. So you have the first you, I uh, flew down the day before, um, staying the night in a hotel, and then they pick you up in the morning. You have the day in the hospital. Your, my surgery was supposed to be the first in the morning, but it ended up being the last one in the evening. So almost o'clock. <laughs> Um, Because my mom's flight was delayed, Um, and it all worked out. We watched The Witcher; it was wonderful. Perfect. Um, And then, (laughs) then you have the next day after surgery, and then another day, and then you have a day in the hotel, and then you fly the next day. Okay. So it was three total days in the hospital, which was amazing because you had the fluid. You were you had the fluids in you, which you really need. For example, I had my gallbladder out just this past September. I had my surgery at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was back home at
1: 11 o'clock. Me too. They were like, eat some jello, go for a walk, and you can go home.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And like this, no, because I was thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. It wasn't so bad having my stomach out. But I was in the hospital for three days with nurses coming in every single hour to, you know, give you medicine, see how you were. And like I said, my mother was very against the surgery and very against me going to Mexico, but she was amazed by the amount of doctors I saw and the amount of care that I was given. And it was honestly night and day for what I experienced when I had my gallbladder out.
1: I was going to say, I think sometimes here things are um, more efficiency-based than (laughs) care-based. Yes. (laughs) Um, So that's awesome. I'm really glad that you had such a great team and a really good surgery experience.
2: Yeah. And they also, the the clinic called me every week for about the, the six weeks after the surgery. And there was also a nutritionist with Renew, uh, Elizabeth. She was there with you throughout your pre-op that there would be like uh, group calls. There was a, a Facebook group for everybody. So there was support there. And then you could reach out to her at any point and just be like, what do I eat? What do I do? Is this okay? Is this not okay? And I also knew going in that my BMI—I think my BMI was thirty-seven, thirty-eight—that, and I was in, you know, pretty okay health. That I shouldn't have had that many complications. Mm-hmm. And also, it's so important to do the pre-op diet to the T because it it makes your liver smaller. and makes it easier for the surgeon to have a, a more successful surgery. So I really try to you know, the surgeon was like, your liver was great. It was tiny. <laughs> did good things. Um, what was your pre-op diet? Cause the, Courtney and I both I, have two
0: separate ones.
2: Again, my pre-op was done on a cruise ship. So I had <laughs> private chefs basically cooking all my yes. meals. So it, it was, it was very nice. So I basically had, I did it for five weeks, but for the first three weeks, I was kind of a bit more relaxed. Like I was having like a piece of bacon every day with the eggs. I was doing very little carbs or no carbs. I was doing a little bit of peanut butter in my shake with a half of a, of a banana. Uh, pro tip for your, because I was on two protein shakes a day then, to make them better, especially the powder, add vanilla extract to it. It makes it hundred times better that's such a um, good idea <laughs> without adding yeah without they need a lot of help sometimes. yes <laughs> um so it's two protein shakes a day and I think two like four ounces of protein a day either chicken or fish and the chefs would come out to me and they're like would you like chicken or fish for your meal um I'm also not a big fan of eggs or just I mean I kind of you need bacon and cheese to have the eggs for me be you know edible so I would just save way. vegetables from the dinner before. So I'd be like having Brussels sprouts for breakfast or broccoli for breakfast because even though it's not a breakfast food, it's still food and it was still filling. Felt way better. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, big salads. Like it was actually, I, I really enjoyed the pre-op diet. Um, Lots of salads, lots of fat-free dressings, not a lot of cream, not a lot of dairy. But I was also a pastry chef at the same time, which... Um, <laughs> Was was hard because my life is basically carbs and sugar. um, And I would have to taste things, but I would spit it out. So I'd have a little taste and spit it out. Um, That's a good
1: trick. It's like the bartenders who are pregnant, right? They, like, taste the drink, but then they spit it out.
2: Yeah. And I've been doing this so long that, like, I know what to look for when I'm tasting. I'm not tasting to enjoy. I'm just tasting to make sure everything is correct and right and balanced
1: um that is an incredible amount of willpower. I will It really is. And this is what I you will still
0: that. do. I'm assuming cruises are kind of um not going right now maybe and but are you still pastry chefing?
2: I am well what happened after um so well covid happened. So the cruising all stopped. We, I went back to Mexico after my recovery. I went back for a week and then we were all basically sent home and they're like Oh, just two weeks. Just go home for two weeks. We'll be back. <laughs> um, well, I'm going back at the end of February. I'm going to be working in Hawaii again, um, which I'm very excited for because when I had worked there before, I was I don't even know how much I weighed then, and I missed out on so much. So now I'm kind of going to have a I'm doing a little do over, and going to just have an amazing time and do all the things and wear bikinis and um, just get a
1: tan that's Um, incredible (laughs) really is
0: so amazing and exciting
1: I was gonna say also what a great like two year celebration because I feel like two years is kind of like a big number in pediatric surgery from what we've heard it's like a it's kind of like going into a really big period of maintenance right (laughs) but what a great celebration for that milestone so what
2: I did for work in in the during COVID, was I joined the cannabis industry, and I started my own line of um, co- infused cookies and macarons. Um, oh. But yeah, so I couldn't taste anything there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Quality control. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I- like beforehand, there was one day where I was trying to perfect like the amount of time to bake the cookies for and I must have had to taste about, you know, 20 different cookies, like just little bites. And it actually screwed up my eating for the rest of the day because I was so full. And I was like, I can't I can't do that. (laughs) I can't do that again. I mean, it sounds like the dream job, you know, eat cookies, but not when you have a sleep stomach, it doesn't quite work the same way. Um, and I left the industry in October. We got bought out by a very large uh, multi-state operator, and it just wasn't the right place for me. Um, so now just waiting to go back to Hawaii. Wow. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Good for you.
0: Like, that's so great that you sort of just kind of took it and figured out something amazing, and now you get to go to Hawaii. Like, that's a, that's awesome. Um, yeah. What does your normal day now look like? Like, what is usually breakfast, lunch? dinner like what do you what's a normal day
2: um let's see I'm right now I've I'm at the point now because I'm two years post-op that I've learned that carbs are not bad carbs are good you need carbs for energy when I first had the surgery I was like I'm gonna dump if I have any amount of carbs and then once you almost start fainting and feeling kind of low you realize your body needs carbs and I'm still not, I won't just eat carbs. So I have an Ezekiel English muffin most mornings um, with an egg, a slice of cheese, and a meatless um, breakfast patty from Trader Joe's. It works out to be about 22 grams of protein. So it sets you up right for the day. Um, I cut it into fours. So it's it's easier for me to, to look at. So I can do one segment at a time. It does take me about anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to eat it. Um, because of the, um, my, my surgeon was very good at his job and my restriction is pretty tight. And also I rarely feel hunger. Um, like I said, he was way too good at what he does. Um, which is is a blessing and a curse. So I have to eat on a schedule or like some days I'll, I'll be like, oh my God, it's four o'clock and I have had like five grams of protein and you can't catch up at that point. It's just is not going to happen. Um, I don't really track most of my food. I just track protein and hydration. Um, I have done the calorie counting, but it, it kind of triggering for me and I get too like bogged down by the numbers. So for me, I get 60 to 80 grams of protein and my I try to get 64 ounces of fluid in a day and then I'm good. And then whatever happens is extra. Um, Lunch will usually be, I've been, I've been into the turkey burger, uh, turkey burgers lately, and I do, like, a Big Mac salad with that, with usually in the air fryer, a bit of cheese, the Thousand Island dressing, a bit of lettuce, um, or I'll be, like, grilled chicken and, um, vegetables, but it's usually, like, mostly just protein or, like, turkey cold cuts but usually something quick I usually do one to two meals a day and then I supplement it with a fair life shake okay I
0: mean I may do you feel like you get left out and I think that's like my biggest fear is like we've I'm Italian so I come from a big Italian family and like you celebrate with food and you you know it's like a whole event um do you ever feel left out or did you worry about that prior to your surgery and like how have you handled that sensors that you not do you not even think about that (laughs) is that just me um i plus one
1: that as like a foodie
2: (laughs) the great thing is um most like high-end food is small food anyway always go for like a smaller plate because you're i i eat everything off small plates and small bowls because your eyes are like oh i get a full plate of food your stomach is happy because you're getting a full plate it's it's manageable for your stomach um my like, I went out for lunch with my mom, and she's like, "Wow, it's it's so much nicer going out to dinner with you now because we can talk. So you can actually spend more time socializing when you're out and being more present instead of just eating, you know. And it makes you eat slower because you're going to talk more. Um, like I was in a That's wedding. A good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I like... You know, like I had one friend. She um she did the sleeve, and she's like, I met a I at a um bachelorette card and everybody's drinking and I'm like if you want to look like you're having a drink just ask the bartender to add like half water to your soda so it will kind of water it down so you're still getting that little taste of soda Mm -hmm. but it's more add in more water or just get water with lime and then it looks like you have something fancy um tried a lunch and I still had like I just tried all the little things and you just try a little bit of everything and it's okay, but I had a friend there, The um, she likes to out my surgery to people <laughs> um, <laughs> by just saying, oh, she can only eat this much. So then I think everybody's looking at what I can eat, you know, and it's, uh. that's when I get nervous is when people know you had the surgery and they, they kind of treat you almost like a freak show. And um, I, I'm very big about, I'm very open about my surgery. Mm-hmm. But I like to be in control of the information of it without being like, oh, I can only eat this little amount of food without seeing what else I've gained from it. Right. You know?
1: That's one thing if you decide to share your journey. <laughs> That's yeah. That's actually one of the questions we had. Um, do you, did you tell people in your life that you were having it done or what, was it something that came up after? Um, I The first
2: person I told, like, I told my boyfriend what I was thinking. And he's a nurse practitioner, so he was like very also against Mexico, but he he trusted it. Once he saw the incision scars, he's like, "Wow, they did really good work." I was like, "I know, they're good." Um,
1: I told what an brother, interesting compliment. Yeah,
2: well, from my gallbladder, it's crooked. My incisions are crooked, so we won't yeah. go.
1: Um,
2: I told my brother because my brother and I we don't have the best relationship about my weight. When I was big, he was very nasty about my size, so I thought this could be a, a new starting point for us. And I needed, I needed to tell someone in my family because at first I wasn't going. I was going to do it on the download. I wasn't going to tell anybody that I was doing it, which is is pretty stupid. Honestly, um, you need support in this. You need people to know. Um, And then I ended up telling my mother, who was again very much against it. Um, I told my best friend, um, who we were big together, Mm -hmm. um, and she was against it, still is against it. Um, But at the same time, it's like I knew I had to do this for me. Like I was ready, I was done. No one's going to know what it's like to live in your body, know what it's like to live with 100-plus pounds on you, what life is like, like that. I was done. I was ready to start a new life. I wanted to be healthy, and I really didn't care what anybody else thought, because, again, it's my body, my life, and I knew it's what I needed to do. Yeah, wow. That's made- I And
0: mean, How do you like handle is your friend that you originally told that wasn't thrilled is she have you you know worked past that like how I guess for me when I've I've been a little bit more cautious with telling people um, just not ready yet I don't know I'm still kind of working through this whole idea I don't know if you know the story for me but I'm getting it because um, eventually I'll need a heart transplant and because of the extra weight I'm not eligible to receive one Um, Mm -hmm. and because of the heart disease and a brain tumor, I'm like a real fun person. (laughs) No, but like, because of those things, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, because of those things, it really kind of, um, limits my ability to lose weight because the brain tumor, um, sat on my pituitary gland and that handles everything and all of those things. And so I'm sort of like, it wasn't something that I contemplated or like, you know, really was like, I'm going to make this decision for me. It's kind of like this decision has been made and I totally get why and I'm, I'm definitely doing it and all those things. But like, um, anytime I mention it, I've gotten people to res- like, they respond like, oh, I know three people who had it and they all gained the weight back. And like, you're just like, I really don't, you know, and I, and I think that can be so hard. So it sounds like between your mom and maybe your friend and possibly your brother, you've kind of, I mean, from what I can see on your social, you've really like thrived and done this, mm-hmm. like where does that come from and like how have you handled that and how do you handle stress now if you can't just like eat something mindlessly like I don't know if there's a question in there and maybe <laughs> you can just yeah. start <laughs> jumping in
2: <laughs> that's what's um you have to do in the in the pre-op debate is really understand why you eat what triggers what why when you want to binge when you want to eat for me, it's usually feelings of like anger and resentment and feeling trapped is when I've noticed I need to eat, and I've learned to doodle. I've learned to journal. You know, when you want, if you keep your hands busy, you can't eat because they're they're busy. Um, Hula hooping's great, is awesome. Um, just dancing around, just going for a drive, being busy—all those things work. I like to sit in front of a mirror and talk to myself and talk it out and figure out like what you're actually upset about. Um, because love that eating food <laughs> gonna solve it. Um, wait, back and still, um, that friend is not okay with my with um, the changes. It's um, it's really sad. Because when I told her I was having the surgery, she needs it too. Um and I thought we could do it together. And she is just she's not ready, you know. Um and it's it's hard because I've um I've lost basically my best friend of twenty odd years because of it. Um that and, is really hard. And I feel yeah.
1: like I I mean already it's been One of the things that I had wanted to ask you is, like, what kind of ongoing support have you found works? And just knowing, like, um, I don't have Facebook, but my husband does. And we did a slight foray into the Facebook support groups, and they were a little bit toxic. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I got,
2: I I had to leave those because...
1: um, It was like a competition. Yeah,
2: of how little you can eat, how, like, it's, it's not a competition, it's a community. That's how you see the bariatric, and I've gotten that too. Like, oh, this girl, she had surgery the same day as me, but she's lost this much. I've only lost this much. But we have completely different bodies. You know, it's never going to be the same. Compare the struggles, compare the triumphs, but don't like be there to support each other, not
1: compare. And it's it's hard. That's great advice. And I'm going to load up on the Instagram (laughs) Instagram people. What you
2: guys were saying about like when you do, when people, when you say bariatric surgery, there is that stigma. And here's an example that happened just two weeks ago. I was at church and it was Advent and the priest asked what are people, you know, what, what's the joy in their life? And I actually raised my hand and which I never do and said, I lost a hundred pounds. And this woman after was like, Oh, how'd you do? And I said, Oh, I had bariatric surgery. And she's like, well, I know people who didn't, it didn't work for them. And I'm like, but it like, hi, I'm, I'm standing Write you as a success story. Like, why do you have to like negate this? You know, like I'm sorry it didn't work for them. Something else must have happened. They must have not figured out why they eat, or figured out what to do with it. But the it's a tool, and it works if you do the work. Think of it like a sidekick. Think you're the superhero, and your sleeve is a sidekick. It's just there to help you along.
1: I love, I love that it. do you think that the like so do you one of the things that just makes this different and this is kind of how i've i i'm curious is it like the physical triggers and like the physical limitations of your stomach and just having those like like whether it's your nose itching or the little burps like does that does it physically help you um as far as like making it different than other weight loss attempts besides the fact that your body composition is literally different and now made for losing weight <laughs> um is that something that you find is just helpful
2: oh yeah yeah because you you can't eat more than four ounces like that's it and it takes um so long to digest the food and you learn early early on that hydration is so important that. You have to drink. You, if the moment you, you stop drinking, things you. This is what we're going to talk about poop right now. Perfect. <laughs> probably. It's one of the worst parts of poop. I was going to say, I feel
1: like anybody that is listening should know poop is a part, right?
2: <laughs> yes. It, it's one of the things I track. <laughs> um, again, hydration, protein, and bowel movements. You want to be regular. It, it helps so much. And one of the ways to stay regular is to drink. And I know if I miss a day, I'm like, I got to keep drinking. Got to keep drinking. Um, and I'll, I'll even let my boyfriend know. He's like, are you eating or drinking? I'm like, I need a drink. I need a drink right now. He covers urology. So he, is, he calls himself the drink police. Um, He's
1: keeping the regular.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, very important. Um, cannot stress that enough, and it's it it's a struggle early on to get enough fiber in to get enough water in and um cannot stress that enough. <laughs> um, and hydration just keeps everything moving. Um, so it's hard to once you prioritize like what's what you need to do in a day, you need that protein to keep every you know, to keep yourself. With energy and keep yourself healing and um, dysfunctioning, and then you need the water. So there's not really space for anything else most days. Um, there can be, but you're gonna hurt yourself in the end, and it's just honestly not worth it. Right, and
0: it's little sips, right? Because I think they were like, no gulping. You can't just gulp yeah. water.
2: It's like- oh yeah, you you it, it will. One time I, I was gulping a protein shake and it came right back up, oh, you know, no. <laughs> it, it it will tell you. And early on, like for me, when I took like right after my surgery, you know, you're sipping and if you took too much of a sip, it honestly felt like an earthquake in your body, like very painful. Um, and you, you learn, there's a learning curve and your stomach, it, it will tell you, just think of it like a newborn baby. It's going to tell you everything it needs and it does get better over time like I can drink a drink water like a maybe 16 ounces I can do that in about 30 minutes I can do a protein shake in about 20 to 30 minutes now okay it gets better like That's it's good. <laughs> yeah um the most important thing that I think people forget about this is everybody wants to rush the process everybody wants to get to their everyone thinks in their year their first year they'll be at their goal they'll have everything will be solved and time is such an important factor in it um and everybody wants to rush it but just time you need time
0: man like you're so inspiring i don't know Cor- like, i'm <laughs> <No>. just like
1: <gasps> so good to talk to you like what do you i honestly feel like i'm having a talk with like just a really great like aunt or friend. I mean, oh. I can't call you my aunt. You're literally my age, but <laughs> I just feel like I'm getting like really good advice from someone in my life that cares about me. <laughs> so this is lovely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Is there anything you wish you would have done prior to surgery to sort of set you up to be more comfortable? I mean, I guess you weren't necessarily like quote unquote like nesting at home since you were in Mexico, like working the prior but is there anything that was, like, a pillow that was really comfortable or a chair or anything like that?
2: I bought, like, the fuzziest duvet ever cover. Like, it's fuzzy. It's like a, a laying in a Muppet. It's awesome. Um, and heating pads, um, hot water bottles. Hot water bottles are amazing. Um, I also wish that I had taken more before photos. I have, I think, six. That's all I have of before photos. I didn't want to speak, and I didn't actually look at my before photos till after surgery. Like, that's how bad it, I thought I was. And I wish I had taken my measurements because it would have been another way to look at my progress because um, I know some people you'll see on Instagram, they post their weights almost daily or weekly. My scale didn't really move. I actually lost more in the pre-op than I ever did post-op. I never lost more than I think 3 pounds a week. I think the most I lost was right when my gallbladder like revolted against me, and I lost about 5 pounds because I was not eating. I was on a no fat diet. Um so my and I my last year of weight loss, I lost I've only lost 5 pounds in a year. My body has completely transformed, but the scale didn't move. So if I wish I had had the measurements to know like hey you lost this many inches this week um I can know by sizes too because I went from a 20 to a two um yeah and I also did it during COVID so there were no clothing stores I open. Was... so I was like <laughs> yeah. XXL pants you're and like it, rocking it... the
1: LA fashion with those nice uh like wear. yeah
2: <laughs> not the best time to have weight loss. Basically like quarantine and then you come out into the world and you're like a new, you're like a new person. You're like, oh, I'm not ready for this world yet.
1: <laughs> I... So how did you, how do you hand, like, do you, one of the things, so I, I've been doing therapy and one of the things that the woman um, kind of cautioned me against is that what I see in the mirror isn't going to match... Um, what's really happening did you have that kind of like catch up moment or has it been pretty There's, um,
2: there's days where it's great and you see the changes and then there's other days where you still see you don't see it and especially like even in there's some like before and after photos I do and it's the ones where I'm happy I don't see any difference I'm like it's See nothing um and then sometimes you look so you don't know either person like you're a stranger to your old self and you're a stranger to your new self because it's you don't recognize you're you know you're not that person anymore you don't you don't feel like that like your body no longer feels like your body um and heads up bones are really uncomfortable i do not <laughs> i saw this. that in one of your posts <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I mean, I wake up with bruises from oh, my, no. Like, yeah, no no one tells you that. Um, and I, like, my skinny friends, I'm like, why didn't you give me a heads up? <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, sorry about that. I'm like, oh, God. Um, it's it's hard. And, I, like, I did not have a mirror in my apartment for years. Just didn't, I had issues with the mirror. So I didn't have a full, like, mirror. And then when I li- I worked on the boats, I got, I I shared a room with either five people at points. So you got ready in the dark and you didn't see yourself. So I now have mirrors and I'll honestly just sit in front of a mirror and just look at myself and understand myself. And there was a point, I think it was in July after my surgery, I went away for a weekend by myself and there was a mirror in the hotel room and I just sat in front of it like I used to do in high school and talk to myself. And I saw that girl from high school. I saw my old self. And I was like, I was like, there you are. And it's what I call the butterfly moment in post-op is when you finally see the person you're becoming, when you finally kind of lose that cocoon of your weight and you see that woman that like all the good things that you've done, all the self-love, all the journey that you've been on, you're finally shedding all that weight and all the kind of baggage that the weight represented especially for me was going and I'm like oh wow that's hi (laughs)
0: how are you um that makes me want to cry that's just so it's really beautiful
2: yeah I think I cried (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, I mean it brings me to tears um if you're comfortable sharing where did you start weight wise and then where do you want to share where you're at now if you're comfortable
2: yeah oh yeah my I honestly I did not weigh myself for years I was so scared of the scale because I didn't want to know. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was probably when I did because I'm like, all right, if you're gonna have weight. We need to weigh, and it was five, and I thought it was gonna be much higher than that. Um, and I'm five foot seven for anyone wondering, and now I'm about one thirty six ish. Um, one thirty five. I kinda give myself a buffer. I don't wanna get below one thirty and I don't wanna go above one forty. So I kinda have I call it's
1: that's a good it's
2: just my little window of flexibility. You know.
1: That's that seems healthy. That seems like you give yourself room to enjoy life. Yeah. And to not undo everything that you've worked very hard for.
2: Yeah. And like I, I've been basically living off chocolate and cookies for Christmas
1: <laughs> it,
2: in my head I'm like you gained it all back you gained it all back and then I went on the scale I'm like how the hell did I lose weight um, <laughs> um, but sometimes you know it's it's the holidays you gotta enjoy it you
0: know and then have, mm-hmm. was hair loss a major thing I, I mean I've definitely seen you talk about that on your your Instagram between hair loss and skin oh yeah
2: Hair um I have a lot of hair, um, <laughs> it's something I was honestly excited about. I'm probably like the only bariatric person who is like, I'm actually excited for the hair loss because I had <laughs> of it until it started happening. And then I'm like, okay, we can stop. You please can stop. Be- like, this is scary. Um, I lost about a third to a half of my hair. Um, I just have a ridiculous amount of hair. It's, it grows back. Um, you kind of look kind of weird once it's happening, but it, it grows back and my hair is now the healthiest it's ever been. And I've also been able to take care of it more because it's more manageable. Um, like before I would maybe not wash it for like three weeks, I would put it up in a messy bun, headband, and like no one knew I had this hair. Um, and now it's, it's out. It's crazy. Um, I love it. Um, but it's the healthiest it's ever been and I take pride in it and hair loss is part of it. And you kind of have to see it like nothing in life is you get for free and you have to kind of see the hair loss as that price you got to pay. Kind of like Ariel in The Little Mermaid, like she gave off her voice to get legs. You kind of have to see the hair as hard as it is. And it, it's probably the hardest time in the journey. And for me, it happened from month three to month six. Um, it, it's a scary time. It it honestly is a very scary time because you don't know when it's going to stop. And for me, it stopped as soon as it came, basically as fast as it came on and went away as fast, you know? Um, that gives me hope
1: because I have very thin hair <laughs> and it's one of the things that I'm a little bit worried about more so than skin. But do you mind sharing your, I, this is just like for people listening, you have I think the most beautiful way of thinking about um, loose skin. Do you mind sharing your thoughts on that? Because you genuinely changed my perspective on it.
2: Yeah. When people say they're like, I'm so, like, I'll get messages. That's the thing I'm most, I'm so scared of the skin. I'm like, well, aren't you scared about being dying of obesity illnesses? Like, aren't you scared? Of, <laughs> aren't you scared of heart disease, heart attack, stroke? Aren't you scared of being immobile? Like, to me, that was scarier than some skin. Like I can have the skin removed. The skin removal actually scares me a hell of a lot more than the surgery. Me too. And my, my boyfriend also, he covers plastic surgery and he's like, there's, your skin's fine. Like it's, it's nothing bad. Again, your skin's covered by clothing most of the time. I'm very fortunate in that I don't have any rashes or irritation from it. So very fortunate in that way. And my grandmother had this saying, she would say, my face you see, I'm behind it. The ones in front get the shock. So I don't really notice the skin that much. Sometimes like my arm skin will like slap me back. I call it like a high five.
1: Um, (laughs) Good job.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I do have a post on there that shows how this my skin, the loose skin has changed in a year. And it does improve. For me, it's improved over over time. Again, it's the time that you have to Ache. it's not going to happen overnight um, I probably will have skin removal surgery at some point um, I think I need to have some therapy before that because I think the women who do it are are so brave and I I just I don't want to see my body bruised and damaged like that um, and I know it, it ends up being good but I'm also such a control freak like I have a little scar from my gallbladder surgery that's probably at a 30 degree angle like a skew and that bothers me and I'm just thinking, like, what if the surgeon does it crooked? Like, I'm stuck with this. I like, need to see have... your
1: meat lines. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> just bring in a tracing book for them, <laughs> and it's and like an a, audition.
2: Yeah, as a pastry chef, like I, I like symmetry, I like That's order, I'm a little OCD, um, and I, I I don't I wouldn't recognize my body without the stretch marks, without the skin, and. It's, it's mine, and I feel like my body has a story to tell, and I'm not really done with this body yet. And I love that. Yeah, I, I just think it's, especially when you think, like, like I think someone commented she's like, I'm terrified of the loose skin. They're like, I've lost 50 pounds. I'm like, but how good do you feel losing 50 pounds? Like, you feel lighter, right? Like you feel good. You feel healthier. Skin is just, it's just um, a visual. It's just an aesthetic, you know? again, it's covered by clothing most of the time. I know people see us on the bariatric pages and like we're half naked half the time. <laughs> Not really, because we're always freezing. Um, so it's really just for a photo and then we're back in our hoodies and fully covered. Um, bundled. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the skin never was never like a scary thing for me. Like I knew I was going to have loose skin, but to me, I'd rather have the loose skin than the like engorged skin that like, Was uncomfortable, tight in clothing, couldn't fit in a t-shirt. I couldn't hide that skin.
1: And now it's like, it's part of it, you know? I have a little journal. And after going through your page, one of the things that I wrote down for myself was just, like, ways to celebrate. Like, when I'm upset or when I am thinking or, like, focusing on the skin, what instead can I celebrate that now I can do? Um, So, that's pretty Oh, yeah.
2: And celebrate every single milestone, you know? (laughs) Everybody... things like you wanted to celebrate a hundred pounds. Like sell I call them decades, like the one seventies, the one eighties. I call them like the eighties, the nineties, you know? Yes. <laughs> and everyone was just trying to get to the ankle. And it's like, you've never been in the ones, like to me, I hadn't been in the one seventies since high school. It's like, enjoy those moments, like crossing your legs, enjoy that moment. Like celebrate, celebrate every, I I'm a pastry chef, so I will celebrate every holiday, <laughs> everything. And it, you have to do it for yourself. And, um, like I like to go get a blow dry every surge of every month of my surge of you know, doing little things for you, you know? Love that.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. And we've been referencing your Instagram so much. Do you want to tell everybody your handle so they can find you and follow you and be inspired?
2: Yes. It's a hundred pounds less of Katrina, but my name is spelled funny. It's spelled like Catriona, so C A T R I O N A. So the O is decorative.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you think that we should I mean, I feel like for me, I'm going to come back to this episode when I'm having a rough day post surgery and just like listen to it because you- I know.
1: I think we have to have we we, we you have to come back a, a year yeah. post our surgeries and just like we'll chat again. <laughs> Yeah, I
2: think you asked about, um, clothing and that's a, um, I love the sites Shein, um, because you can find some amazing deals and some, like most of the dresses I post on there were all, all from there and all under $10 and they're all, um, like styles I would never try on before and they're fun, you know, and, um, a lot and of those being able to
1: shop I, on a site like that is just—I feel like goals.
2: Yeah, and um, I know I'm a small, and I, I don't trust that I'm a small, and I'll like buy them bigger. I'm like, Cause, no, no, I, you, you can't be a small," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> you bought a lot of small? What were you thinking?" Because um, you still get in, in that mindset. Because a lot of the styles that you wore when you were bigger, they don't look good when you when you lose the weight. So you need to find new styles, and it, it's a way to kind of like just have fun with clothing and. I just have little fun photo shoots with myself.
1: (laughs) That's great. That's a good way. (laughs) Yeah. So fun.
0: Um, Oh my gosh. Courtney, can you think of anything
1: else that we didn't ask? I don't think so. I'm going to go with one fun question to end it just because I think we usually end on a fun question. But what is your favorite place to dress up for? Because people should absolutely find you on 100 pounds less of Katrina because... You've got great style. So where is your favorite place to dress up for? Um, well, with COVID. With COVID. Um. (laughs) (laughs) My living room. (laughs) Yeah. So it would
0: be Hawaii, right? Hawaii would be the place.
2: Yeah. Um, I go on the big cruise ships too before COVID. So my mom and I, we love formal night and I love I would love going on the cruises and dressing up every night because as a chef, I was in like black pants and a navy t-shirt for every single day and no makeup, my hair covered. And my mom and I on our cruises will drink a bottle of asti in our formal dresses and then go play golf after dinner while we're drunk. Um, what we a get drunk time. <laughs> <laughs> And I I just love dressing up on those and just having fun. And I haven't done one since surgery. So looking forward to that once uh, COVID's over
1: eventually. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Katrina, thank you so much for answering your questions, sharing your story. And good luck
2: with everything and reach out whenever you have questions. Thank you. We will. will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, we absolutely will. You've been such a light. So thank you so much for being so transparent and sharing it all with us because I think we're both just sort of you know a little nervous trying to figure this out yeah Yeah.
2: it's it's scary it's it's because your things are about to change and and it's it will be worth it and everything you're gonna gain more than you'll ever lose from this life it's one
0: yeah Yeah. oh my gosh you're amazing (laughs) That's oh thank you. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for, for okay. jumping on with us and having this chat.
1: Yeah, any All right. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, happy Thanks.
0: new year and have a great Happy year. New Year. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Allison and Courtney are not medical professionals. They are two friends on this journey together who want to share their experience with you for informational and entertainment purposes. While we do our best to try and make sure the information presented in this podcast is accurate and true, Allison and Courtney are not doctors. Always follow your doctor's instructions and advice first and foremost. Please consult a medical professional prior to starting any new diet or exercise program.